Welcome to the Andre 3000 podcast, where we explore the intersectionality of race, socioeconomics, and social constructs. I'm your host, Renway Chung. Today, my guest is Red Mercado, and we are at the Oscar Blues Brewery here in Austin, Texas. It's a brand new brewery, open for about two weeks, and they haven't even tapped the drafts yet. We are outside um, enjoying an IPA and a yellow pilsner. Uh, like I said, my guest, or did I did I introduce you yet? No. Okay. <laughs> my guest today is Red Mercado, and she uh, is someone I met this summer. Um, one of the most energetic, unique individuals I know, and that's why I wanted to have her on my podcast today. Uh, Red, do you want to introduce yourself to the audience and um, just uh, tell us a little bit about your story? Yeah, sure. So my name is uh, Red Mercado. Um, I'm... Yeah, you know, you know I'm, I, I worked in IT. I uh, worked for a, a pretty awesome company here in Austin, Texas. Uh, we do prosthetics for a living uh, for our um, for a thing we're actually doing a thing for Paralympics. So that's kind of cool. Uh, I'm from the Philippines. I came here when I was six years old, and I was able to be able to jump from very third world country conditions to my first world uh, first world upbringing now, and I'm. I guess I'm coming up on the American dream. Can you tell us a little bit about, I guess, your journey from the Philippines to Austin? Yeah, sure. Um, so, um, yeah, when I was like six years old, uh, my parents, uh, actually, my parents were here in the 80s. And um, they left me with my grandparents for a while, for about, I was about six years old. And then they decided, hey, you know, it's finally time for getting my citizenship. And they're able to actually feasibly you know, get me over here so I lived with them for a while uh, I, I live, live with them after living with my grandparents for a while so so what brought you to Austin well brought me to Austin um, opportunity IT uh, I, I went I got out I graduated from school from with uh, from UT Dallas with a video game design degree and I didn't I, I thought you know in Austin oh yeah there's going to be an, a lot, lot of um, video game design places so uh, but I, I had to work, you know, make a living here while I, I looked for that kind of job, and I ended up in IT. And uh, years later, my career took off in IT, so I've been in IT ever since. How, how did you choose uh, UT Dallas? Actually, it was on a recommendation on my, uh, my one of my teachers in high school. Uh, they, they said their arts and technology program were, was very uh, was very good. Later, I find out after four years of spending time in it, <laughs> it wasn't that great. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was good. It got me a degree, and I was able to get into uh, different jobs. Uh, you're one of the few, I would say, younger people or millennials that I know that owns a house oh, yeah. uh, here in Austin. Yeah. Um, as the real estate market has gone up quite a bit lately, yeah. could could you tell us a little bit about what? Um, prompted that decision and and oh definitely yeah so like um, <laughs> um, you know being coming from a very traditional Asian conservative house we uh, we take care of our own so um, uh, what's it called uh, my parents wanted to help me uh, to help ask me to help them with my brothers uh, they're gonna go to school so it was kind of in a way for them to live with me you know for free for a while while they went to school. 
Okay, where did they where did they go to school? Oh, UT. Okay, UT. And mm -hmm. um, how many brothers do you have? I have three brothers. Three brothers. Any I have three younger brothers? Okay, three sisters. Okay, and there is everyone um, blood biological. Oh yes, blood. Okay. They're, they're all by blood. Yes. Okay, so you're one of four. Yes, I'm the the, the eldest, the eldest of the four. Okay, and uh, did two two go to UT or yes, two go to UT. Um, the, the, the two youngest go to UT, the, the brother I was closest with, the, the second oldest from me, um, he goes to UT, UNT, U, uh, University of North Texas. Mm -hmm. uh, he's there for pharmacy. My other two brothers are doing like engineering and like medical school. And uh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Something I wanted to share with the audience is um, I recently just got into biking. Um, pretty average <laughs> to poor biker. Uh, <laughs> But um, this week I went with Red and, and, and Russ biking, mm -hmm. but I was wondering what got you into road cycling and because uh, oh, yeah. I mean you're much better than I, it was hard to keep <laughs> no. up with you guys. How, how, did, how did you get into it and what, are, what makes you passionate about it? I'm really passionate about exercise and fitness in general because um, actually before this I was an avid runner. But running messed me up for uh, on my leg, so I had to switch to cycling. Uh, I was actually training for a marathon uh, while I was unemployed a few months ago, or like six, seven months ago. And uh, yeah, I just love running. Running was my my, my, my passion for um, in a lot of ways, like uh, fitness-wise. It kept me fit, um, and it also helped me with uh, with uh, feeling with, with, with depression and things like that so it, it really picked up my spirits I, I know I was intimidated and I think I talked to a lot of people who are intimidated about buying their first bike oh yeah they're wondering if they're gonna be uh, if they're gonna use it a lot it, yeah. it, it could be expensive it's an entirely Absolutely. different biking position than uh, like mountain biking or something how did mm -hmm. how did you come to make your decision to purchase oh, on my that bicycle? Like, yeah so yeah, basically kind of forced me like the fact that my I was very much an avid runner um, and like I said I was training for a marathon but what happened is my leg kind of had like uh, like something wrong with it a compartment syndrome so I had to kind of like switch over and do like activity modulation so I was like you know what's another th good thing another thing that can burn a lot of carbs and car a lot of cardio and I was like yeah cycling seems to be low impact so I did it for actually for safe you know health reasons um, you know, it's funny, right? Uh, health reasons, <laughs> but like, um, which has yeah, so when I switched over, it was it was awesome. Like I, I got into it and uh, I crossed my first thousand miles on my on my bicycle, okay. and that 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 was cool. Yeah. How, how did you know what bike to purchase and what bike are you riding? Since the oh, it's a Mo Motobican Nemesis. It's an older bike. I uh, I went to a used bike shop. There's a ton of bike shops here in Austin, so I just went to a, like a used bike shop and they and they fixed one up. That they, they they sold in like a co-signment or something like that, and uh, it was originally like a twenty-two hundred dollar bike. I bought it for eight hundred bucks. But how long ago did you buy that? About five months ago. Okay, so yeah, yeah. and okay. I crossed a thousand miles, so I was doing like about two hundred miles a month. Okay, and what bike did you ride before that? I was like this really cheap Walmart uh, GMC Denali. I think that's the one I have. That's the one yes. you have, yeah. Yes. And my my friend suggested me. He was he does a lot of triathlons. So my friend suggested to me because he was just like it's a cheap bike and if you if you if you break it or whatever it's it's whatever it's only hundred it's 170, 100, 200 bucks brand new and he was like and, and, and it's crazy though because like when I tell people with the cycling now that I've done it 
that bike I rode 600 miles in three years that I owned it. <laughs> that my new bike because it's so light and so fun to use. Um, I rode it a thousand miles in five months. Wow! So there's a huge difference, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Wow! And what is what is a good average speed for you? And what would you say a good average speed is for uh, an average uh, cyclist? It, 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 it depends on the, it depends on what you're doing. So road cycling, if you're commuting, 13 to 14 miles per hour is not bad. That's what I do when I commute to work. Um, but um, like yeah, like on on flats because I have a time trial bike it has aero bars. Um, I, I'll get up to 17, 18 miles per hour average. So that's not bad. Could be better. I had, a, I had a friend who had a friend in college. I think she was the fa fastest female college college um, college uh, rider. She was averaging 25 miles per hour. Wow. On, her, on, her, on a 13 mile track. So wow. That's pretty good. That's fast. So uh, you said you got the new bike about um, five months ago and yeah. you mentioned uh, you were unemployed for a little while. When did yeah. you, I guess, uh, how long ago were you unemployed and how long were you unemployed for? I was unemployed um, for about four months. Okay. Yeah. And uh, during those four months, like, just say it's the most transformational point of my life. Like, I, I, I felt like I hit rock bottom with that thing. But at the same time, I picked up really good habits for a house. <laughs> I learned how to clean a house <laughs> and make it enjoyable. So. And how long did you say you've owned the house for? I've owned it for since March last year. March of last year. And then uh, what months were you unemployed for? I was unemployed from November okay. all the way to uh, the end of February. Okay. And and then that's when you started at the prosthetic company? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Um, tell us a little bit about what unemployment's like. I mean, I would say it's it's a lot of It's a lot of stress. Yeah. It's, tell it's, us a little it, bit about your experience. It's definitely... You, you reevaluate a lot of your you, you you notice a lot of things about yourself like the fact that you value your worth by what you work in right like a, a lot of times when we the first things we ask a person is like what do you do for a living and depending on what they do it's we we automatically assign like an arbitrary value to this person's life you know and, and I found that like really fascinating, you know, so it, it did, it, I did a lot of very self-referential, very soul-searching sort of things. Well, and, and I think that's one of the problems um, with unemployment is yeah. we do tend to attach um, uh, a dignity to being employed, oh, we, yes. our self-worth, um, mm -hmm. our confidence. Mm -hmm. of being employed and I think that's the the worrisome mm -hmm. uh, thing about Europe what's happening with Brexit and what's happening with the high unemployment rates there mm -hmm. I think that's when you look at the uh, recession here in the United States when when the uh, unemployment rate gets high you see a lot of um, uh, you see a lot of depression yeah you see a lot of I guess that's the best way negative, to put it yeah neg negative negative things that happen with depression yeah yeah so um, you were able to, how were you able to bounce out of your funk, get a job? Oh, I, I did a lot of things to help myself progress. So I started, I, like I said, I was a video game design person, a degree holder from UT Dallas. So I started trying to really kickstart my, um, my, one of my tabletop games that I wanted to create ever since I was, you know, I got out of college. Uh, I was going to go and run a marathon and that's what happened. My, my, my knee messed up. Uh, on, on my way to train for the marathon but I got up to 20 miles I mean that was my the longest amount of distance I've ever been able to run uh, so that was pretty awesome like you know like um, 
a lot of those things were like like pro progress in a way that like it just shows to show that progress is not it's, it's all in the mind well and you were telling me um a, a couple weeks ago uh you actually started the development of of the tabletop game yeah the, could you tell the audience a little bit about the tabletop game and yeah, what it's so, about the tabletop game is uh it's about um you know like you, since since what's really popular right now or not popular but what's in the world's consciousness right now is you know different uh, factions in the world different uh, countries are getting together and entangled so I wanted to make a game about like you know, the powder keg you know think that concept where uh, different countries get entangled within each other and it causes a civil war or causes a uh, causes a proxy war uh, I wanted to simulate that in a tabletop game and describe tabletop um, game. Oh, any um, so any game that basically is played on a tabletop. So Monopoly would be considered a tabletop game. Uh, more recently, the more popular ones that are more strategic, uh, they call themselves European games, um, uh, Euro games. Uh, so that those are like things like Risk. If mm -hmm. you've ever played Risk, things oh my that gosh, are, loved yes. Risk. Grew yeah. up playing Risk. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I mean uh, different ranges, but any anything that can be any game that can be played on the tabletop is considered a tabletop game. Were you telling me that you were also starting uh, a software game? A game about um, resources and water? Was that a thing? Oh no, that was part of the tabletop game okay. that I was trying to talk about. Okay, yeah. okay. But as you can see, I have a lot of hobbies. Yeah, yeah well um, I think one of, the, uh, one of the things you told me that I, I was uh, really interested to hear more about is I think uh, within the last two years, you said uh, you identified um, openly, I guess, mm -hmm. with, with with your social circle uh, as transgender, and even within the last, I mean, six, six months, months yeah. on Facebook yeah. as transgender. So this very is very open about it. Yeah. Could you tell me tell me a little bit about that experience? So yeah, so the, in the last six months or so, I became more open with like how I felt about myself. Um, on, on Facebook and social media. I have a pretty large following and a lot of friends on Facebook, so um, I talked about it a lot. I talk about it a lot, um, the, th the different joys of it coming out and being more authentic to yourself, and also the struggles, the struggles that I, that I feel from day to day, like being more, more, um, you know, in order to strive to become more authentic. What would you, I guess what would your advice be, or maybe you can describe your experience a little more, what, about someone who's also going through the same process of realizing who they are or having mm -hmm. the confidence to identify as transgender. Yeah, I would just say, you know, go out there and like really find yourself a safe space to operate in. Um, for me particularly, uh, my, one of my other big hobbies is, you know, obviously anime and and um, cost video games and with anime and video games you get deep enough into it you start wanting to dress up as the characters right so that's why I ended up being really really good at, at sewing and costuming in general and that's, that's been a huge uh, one of the things that probably defined me as a person when people think of me people think of me in, in, of my costumes and things like that um, the side effect of that is that people uh, especially in a very creative community like that are 
very open to gender expression, changing your gender expression, even though you might not necessarily feel like a transgender person. So I would say find yourself a space like that where you're able to be open and kind of explore that in a way. So, yeah. What, what has been some of your difficulties, um, I guess, uh, coming out of Facebook or even Most identifying Most people have been successful. Most people have been actually really, uh, I've been pretty successful. Most people have been really accepting of me and they kind of realize that about myself. Um, some of the more like, I guess, uh, challenges are getting people to use the right pronoun. Because I'm well aware of how I look. Uh, I, I personally think uh, what's called, you know, human form, physical forms are overrated. But of course, we operate in a physical form, so that's more of a transhumanist <laughs> point of view of mine. But uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, we assign so much to physical form. So, uh, and we, 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 we put culture on top of that physical form. So, so when did you, I guess, know that mentally, how, how you uh, felt uh, inside didn't match your physical form? Oh, um, ever since I was a kid, actually. Uh, I didn't know what to call it. I didn't know how to say it. But uh, there was different t- times of me where I, I had that paradigm shift, you know, like, um, I remember when I was a kid, uh, first time I ever considered it was I, I saw this 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 um, this uh, I think it was like a slip or something uh, meant for some uh, like a birthday uh, birthday party or whatever for a, for a girl's birthday party and it was in my closet so I was like oh, yeah I'm gonna put it on uh, see what, how it feels right right I put it on and I was like I'm not really grossed out by this this is the first time I ever considered that maybe you know the things we assign to these well and I was like eight years old and I figured out I always felt it's just funny because I always felt like I don't know whether it was just my imagination or what but I always felt alien if that makes sense I always felt like I wasn't who I was on the inside Um, maybe that had to do something with how I was um, bullied as a kid or being different but I always felt alien Um, but later on in life I started crushing on people Um, there's this one girl that I liked and I imagined myself, I don't know, for some reason, my, my brain led me to this idea, but I woke, like, I, I imagined myself, what if I woke up as that person? I wasn't grossed out by it. I, I, I imagined it and I played it out and, and like, kind of imagined at 10 years old how people would treat me differently if I woke up as, as that person or, or that person in general, whatever. And then later on, like I said, with the safe spaces, uh, I got into anime. Anime was really super, the plot lines and the storylines was super encouraging of people exploring and allowing different gender expressions. And when when you start dressing up as your favorite characters, you know, a lot of my favorite characters tended to be girls, you know? So I was like, okay, let let me go dress up as these people, you know? And I got the courage to keep dressing up more and more as my social circle encouraged me to, to dress up that way, you know? And I got more, um, I guess you could call fans or whatever. I mean, it's not really <laughs> fans. I mean, people just admire what you do, right? Because there's a lot of, there's a lot of other social, there's a lot of other work and labor that goes into it, right? Because I made, I made my, a lot of my own costumes before. Um, but just the celebration that they were just like, oh, wow, you're, 
really encouraging things like, wow, you look better than most, with some girls. Well, I'm like, okay, I guess, or whatever. Well, I, but, I mean, you were, you were telling me, um, you asked if I ever listened to, speaking of arts and, and, and theater, you asked if I ever listened to Hamilton, which, which I do, I'm a yeah. huge fan of. And you said you identified with Hamilton in a lot of oh, ways. Yeah, could you, could you oh, talk God. about that? Oh yeah, huge amount. So there's a lot of things. <laughs> where, do, where do I even start? Like, um, so when I was 14 years old, I had heart surgery uh, because, or when I was 11, I had rheumatic heart fever. So I've always had heart. I was always feel like I was literally running out of time. The, the lyrics in Hamilton, Hamilton writes like he's running out of time. So wow. I, I, I recognized that a lot. I was like, you know, that, that song I was like, man, um, I relate with that. Same thing with being an immigrant, you know, being the, the orphan story, the, you know, losing his mother. And the, I didn't lose my mother, but, you know, I always had, I didn't have the most perfect family growing up. Um, there was, there was some def, definitely some issues when I had mother issues. You grew up without your biological, biological father. father. Exactly. I mean, I had a perfectly awesome father. I, uh, I treated as my father. Sure. And you know, after I found out that he was like just my, he was just a, he was my stepfather, not really my biological father. I still consider him my real father, and I have the, even the biggest respect for him to have to be like that, mm -hmm. you know, to treat me like you know, um, was uh, their own kid, you know. Um, other things with Hamilton. Um, I mean, this is gonna take a darker note, but things like uh, I imagine that so much. It, uh, what's it called? I imagine that so much. It feels like a memory, like. That was a huge part of me, like the fact that I had heart surgery. I thought I was gonna die, you know. Um, I didn't have. Uh, I, I was suicidal for a long time, and especially in in the last like two years, when it comes to feeling like with the, the whole trans thing and like just feeling like I don't belong, especially when you're in transitional period, where your 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 pronouns aren't being recognized, where your when you when you even decide, you know, am I female enough to go use the female the, ba the female bathroom? You know, um, things like that that causes stress, drains my energy, and sometimes I run out of coping mechanisms. I feel suicidal because of that. Do you, uh, you know? I, like when you say you thought about your mortality mm -hmm. and the heart condition and mm -hmm. think about dying? Do you think this prompted your decision? Yes, definitely. To oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Like um, I was just thinking to myself, I was like. I don't have a long, I, I always felt like I didn't have long to live, you know, like I, I never, why should I keep denying something that I've, that I've, that I've that's, that's such a core part of me. And how old are you now? I'm 28. So 28, so at, at 26 you decided this is it, Yeah. I'm gonna identify with... I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say this is it, but it was a long time in the making, um, 10 years worth of long time in the making. The, the first time I started like, you know, dressing as a female when I was in 2006, uh, I, I dressed up and made my own costume for the first time and dressed up as the actually the, the person, the, the male characters, I, I, they, they don't know who they are, um, but they were important to me because they were kind of like my role models. These people were like people who went out there and said, it's okay to dress whatever you want to dress like. And I took that and was like, you know what? I'm gonna do that because I'm gonna see when I'm gonna see where that goes. Ten years later, you know, I um, uh, it's complicated, of course, because there's a lot of things that prevented me from coming out even sooner. But um, along the way, I inspired people <laughs> to come out as transgender, and they they took it and they ran with it. You know, while I was the whole time, I was kind of 
holding back because of things like my last relationship, um, you know, um, even my electrologist, you know, because I've started recently seeing electrologists to get rid of my facial hair. Um, she was always saying that, you know, if you're in a relationship and you transition, they always, your partner always tends to stick with you until you transition and then all of a sudden they break you break off because you've turned them to be a lesbian. They're not attracted to your gender. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was a huge part of it. Like when, it, when, when I broke off with my, uh, when, when my girlfriend and my ex-girlfriend broke up with us uh, two years ago, that, that, that was it. That, 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 that precipitated that. And then my current, my current partner, she's very supportive of that. And that's who she likes. She likes girls. You know, she's a lesbian. So that, that, in the last six months, that made me super confident in coming out completely. Right along with, with the whole um, precipitation. Actually, it's funny because I actually grew up as an evangelical Christian, very conservative Christian. For a long time, I, I didn't like, you know, like I, I really thought LGBT rights were like, you know, or whatever, right? I didn't, didn't simply didn't believe in it, right? Because that's what I was, I was conditioned to believe, right? And as I grew older and as I started giving in to, or not even giving in, but recognizing the different parts of me, and I started realizing that the, you know, an old ancient text doesn't actually recognize, that doesn't actually address those values, simply because when I started looking from, at the Bible as a survival book, it just didn't make sense. It, it, it makes more sense as a survival book. And the laws that they wrote is from what they understood. And now we have better understanding of things like gender and you know, uh, sexual, um, what's it called? Um, differences, variations. Scientifically, we know these things. I started to get away from that, you know, that having a very conservative evangelical mindset on the Bible. And I grew away from that, and that was also, it all came up to a, a huge thing. So it took 10 years for me to figure that out and like really be comfortable with that proposition. And then in the last six months, I was just like, it, two, one thing and another stacked on each other, and that pushed me through. So, so uh, and um, the, I know you go to church twice a week, uh, mm-hmm. Thursday nights and Sundays. Um, what brought you back to religion, and how, uh, how does that square with... I don't okay. think I ever left it. Okay. Um, I, I look at I look at religion as a spirituality thing. You know, it's it's however you you, you deal with the world, right? Uh, if anything, I'm actually more agnostic now. Um, even though I still go to I I I I, com- I value religion for its community, mm-hmm. for the aspects of survival. You know, my, my whole my whole family is in it. I look at it from that kind of perspective. I look at it from a very practical ex- perspective. But you would say you're evangelical Christian, right? I wouldn't say it. Oh. I wouldn't say it. I'm okay. part of one. Okay. And my family is part of it. But personally, like if you ask me on a spiritual level, no. Okay. I don't. I don't. I don't believe that. Yet. Okay. So, so it was a huge shift, of course. Yeah. Because like that's what I grew up. With. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I guess you talked about some anxiety with using um, the the female restaurant. Oh yeah, definitely. And, All the time. We're seeing laws in Houston, uh, mm-hmm. in North Carolina, um, addressing that. How do you feel about these laws? Oh, I or think it's th- stupid. I think it's really dumb because, like, even my electrologist, 
completely, you know, conservative Christian woman who goes to, you know, but she's, she's the fact that she's treated transgender people for since the 70s, 60s even, right? And she was just like, I don't get what all these people are making the hubbub about. Like, it's people, transgender people have been using the bathroom of choice ever since then. This has just been a super current the flavor of the month kind of thing that will pass. Because people have been doing whatever they wanted in the first place, you know, and she she didn't get that because she, and, and and that's the thing when she she explains to her friends at like the at the at her at her church and stuff like that she's like you know these people you know like you 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 don't get to see them like the way I do like these people are just our people too, you know, and I think that's what that's what the huge thing about um, uh, people when they 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 marginalize different areas from away from them because they just aren't aware of it you know so so with uh, about a minute left uh in this podcast wh- where do you see the next couple of years taking you or how how would you describe I, your I, journey over? i think i'm gonna go ahead and transition for sure because i'm already going through the whole electrolysis position um my concept right now my, my my plan right now is um to make sure that my uh get rid of my facial hair uh if you look up the tra- like a trans roadmap uh Facial hair is the number one cure of of maleness. Uh, I, I always joke with my, my, my some of my trans friends because I do quite have quite a big uh, trans uh, masculine friends, uh, trans male friends. Um, I was like, you know what? I'll just give you my mustache. I wish I could do that. I'll give you all my muscle. <laughs> I'll give you some of my muscles. I'll give you some of that, and then you can trade me for your boobs and your, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's like, but that, that, that's that's where I want to go. Like my my plan is to get rid of my gender dysphoria to a certain point. Uh, to where I can manage with it. Um, if pe- enough people can respect my pronouns or, you know, make, um, recognize me as, as gender neutral or, or female pronouns, I think I'll be happy. And if my gender, if my gender dysphoria um, continues to get worse, then I'll keep continuing down the, the, the road of, like, hormones and, and stuff like that. But that's just the current plan. Within the last, next year or two, I'm going to spend the money to make changes for myself transitioning is really expensive huh? yeah yeah and how would you a- average average trans- transition cost eighty thousand oh. dollars from a full from a full switch of, of gender so it's it's a it's it's a journey for sure so, so what would be your advice going forward for anyone else um, who's who's battling the courage uh, to be themselves I would say, as I said, find, find a safe place for yourself. Um, have friends, talk to them. Uh, find, find friends that are supportive of you and be yourself around them. Um, make sure that they, they are aware of it and make, make them your allies, especially in social situations. 